Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And uh, we are we are at a monumental episode in the Bone and Beam United podcast landscape. We just realized as we were getting ready to record this, we're at episode 100. So I don't know why that matters more than 99 or 101, but it does. It does, damn it. It's different. It's a whole different feel to this show. <laughs> Caleb Porter, my guy. Best you coach know, of all time. Can I tell you, can I be real for a second? Mm-hmm. I will tell you why it matters to me. I don't know if I have ADHD or not, but I sometimes feel like I at least am like ADHD adjacent okay. <laughs> where I get like big ideas and then you can ask my wife around the house it's like hey there's a project and it's like yeah oh I painted that wall and it's like well, did you take the tape off the wall no and then like seven months later the tape's still there yeah I do like, that what? too and like, then I just, just I, don't I don't know if it's ADHD it's just me being a or, lazy or, or, fan yeah ass. I don't want to di- I don't want to diminish people who have like actual ADHD I'm just saying like I have those tendencies to like get started, get going. And then when it comes to like, hey, why don't you see this through to a meaningful time? Ah, I got enough of it done. So getting to like a triple digits on a podcast, I'll take it. I'll take that as a as a small victory here. So uh, of course thank it you, is. Beamer, for all that. Yeah, and it used to be much like it used to be much easier to do the show because you and I were on the same, you know, obviously time slot. You did the three to six show. I'd be in right after you doing the six to eight show. Uh, or no, I guess not. 2018, I was still producing 10 to noon. So anyways, we'd be in the, the we, building we at the same had time. We always to figure it out. It yeah. was always a weird you're here one day and I'm not or the time you would be there is when I'm gone. Or So we always had to figure out some odd time to record did we ever record at night no no we never just did it in the afternoons recorder, okay yeah. we always did it in the afternoons. afternoon delights always and you a lot of times i remember those days you had like uh you might have been doing updates where you were doing the, I, yeah, I was like doing sports updates, center yeah. so then we would be recording and then it'd be like oh beamer's got to go in and be live on the radio for 90 seconds yep, and, then and then someone would back. play fart sounds and then all of a sudden i'd start <laughs> laughing during updates i don't know who did that i can't imagine who would ever do that <laughs> Um, so we will get into some actual soccer today, but since we're on episode 100, time to you know maybe take a look back. I wanted to take a look back and just talk about favorite soccer memories from your life, from my life, and and certainly for all of our listeners too. You know, at Bone and Beam United on Twitter, at Bone Beam United on Twitter is the actual handle. Uh, send us your favorite memories too, because I think it's a good time to kind of reminisce on that stuff. Um, is there a memory that you have, Beamer, that solidified either watching a game live or just watching it on tv that sticks out in your head as like that was a that was a day yeah so really one of the first memories that i have of like enjoying soccer and watching it and if you go back and 
you know, I, I've said this from time to time. The reason I got into soccer is because all my buddy were, buddies were Arsenal fans growing up, and I just decided, oh, cool, they're Arsenal fans. I guess I'll be a Manchester United fan. Like, didn't know anything about it, and I've said that story plenty of times here uh, on the podcast. The first game that I really, really remember that sticks out to me was United's thrashing of Roma, 7-1, to one, uh, back in the Champions League, and it's like you had Ronaldo and you got Rooney, and, like, of course, those guys were unbelievable. So that really was kind of the first memory that sticks out to me. Uh, I was also the one of the, the plucky kids that didn't really enjoy soccer that much, but uh, my buddies realized that David Beckham, a guy from over in Europe, was playing for the LA Galaxy, so we made the drive up to Columbus to go see the Galaxy take on the crew. Uh, so I was there for that spectacle, enjoyed that in my you youth. Were, wait, wait, wait. You were there for yeah. Blackout the Galaxy? Yeah, sure was. I was there for Blackout the Galaxy. I had no idea. Maybe we ran into each other. Maybe we you provided did. me an underage beer when I was in middle I probably, school. I probably, were you wearing like LA Galaxy? No, yeah, I, I forget okay. what I was wearing. Just a regular t-shirt, probably, with Centerville Elk stuff on it. Okay, okay. Well, then that's fine, because I, I remember that day. I wasn't mad at the kids, but I was mad at the parents who, like, <laughs> brought their kids, and they were like, here's some LA Galaxy Beckham jerseys. And I'm like, what? what? They're, just just don't wear anything. Just, like, or, well, wear clothes, well, obviously. Wear, don't wear I, anything, okay. yes. Parents, mm-hmm. put clothes on your kids always. But I'm saying, like, don't... <laughs> I've learned that over the years. You don't have to wear like the LA Galaxy gear at Crew Stadium. And then like bad enough of an adult does it, but a seven-year-old kid, it's like, why are you possibly even risking that someone's going to be like, hey, screw you, kid, you know, like yell at you. Like, why would you even bother? That's horrible if someone would do it. But why? So anyway, I'm glad I'm glad you didn't show up in Galaxy. <laughs> no, I th- I don't remember what I was in, but I was, was wearing was cl- really I was wearing clothes. I was wearing clothes. So that's I remember that's, cool. uh, that's <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I remember Robbie Rogers in that game. Him and Beckham had a little moment where like Ro- Robbie took him out and Beckham got up and was chirping at him and then Robbie was like chirping right back at him and I don't remember anything from that yeah, game for being Robbie honest. Rogers, my guy. Yeah. A legend. Legend. Obviously, uh, LGBTQ hero as well came out, was the first openly gay soccer player, I believe, in the world. That's awesome. Play, and he played for the crew and then went on to play in L.A. We're such a progressive city. Too. Don't you love that about us? It's great. Dude, That two, I'll tell you, man, that 2008 soccer team, they had some dudes, and Robbie Rogers is one of the best players on that team. And, yeah, he's obviously uh, a legend in his own right for many reasons. But, yeah, that that is that's cool that we were at the same game. And had no, we never knew we'd be working with each other, but we were at that same hundred podcasts later. Very crazy, very small <laughs> world, isn't it? That's where it started. Uh, yeah. But yeah, other other soccer memories uh, that I do enjoy, specific here to Columbus. So uh, my wife's still not the biggest soccer fan in the world, trying to get her on board. That's okay. Uh, you know, I talked about last week on the podcast how we enjoyed a nice little midweek fun day uh, over at Zaftig watching the United Champions League games. She's kind of, you know, one one foot into the pool, which is always good. Uh, but a couple of memories from uh, Historic Crew Stadium was actually at the World Cup qualifier for Jamaica and the U.S. men's national team, which was just tremendous we were sitting i don't know probably 10 rows uh in the south stands of old crew stadium right above the goal right and so in pregame warm-ups you know they're obviously shooting and if they miss the target it's going to go bounding into the stands and so i'm like mayor we're gonna have to keep our head on a swivel because these these balls are going to be hurling at us at a pretty fast pace and so this is something i'll never forget and it's not really anything to do with the game but we were sitting there in warmups and some lady just got nailed. She was, I mean, just had two beers in her hand. Ball comes at her at basically 500 miles an hour, just explodes both beers. And Meredith turns her head around Bohm and is looking at that like, oh my God, we do have to keep our head on a swivel. And like, as she is saying that, she's like, this lady just got destroyed. Like looking at that, 
scene, there's a ball hurling towards her face. And so I had to go like old Matt Lampson style and punch the ball away. Oh. And so I felt like a knight in shining armor being able to do that. And then she was like, boy, some people, they just have to, you know, watch out for what they're doing here. We're at a sporting event. And I just looked at her and I'm like, you have no idea. And to this day, like, I still don't realize uh, if that ball would have hit her, I don't know. It would have probably given her a concussion and maybe our lives wouldn't be the same. So revisionist history, if I don't punch that ball away, uh, who knows what in the world is going to happen. Some of my other favorite moments, too was in attendance when the scoreboard caught fire. So, like, that was great. We were sitting in the Nordeck, which was very, very cool and, like, not like us. Uh, so we did that. Scoreboard caught on fire. And then one of the best moments, man, was when this team got saved. And they it was the first game of the year. It was cold. It was dreary. It was gray <laughs> outside. And I had to help Chris Doran go set up a radio booth. Uh-huh. I was basically three shits to the wind. You may have been six shits to the oh, wind. Dude. I mean, us playing stump out in the parking lot with our good friend, Laura, who you I, have I scarred for life. Here's the thing. I will never forget like that. I was very aware that day of everything that was going on. I was super drunk because we saved the crew and it was the first game. But it wasn't supposed to happen. The game was not even supposed to exist. And then I remember, yes, your friend, Laura, who I want to say is a teacher. She is. She teaches with okay. Meredith. Yeah. Okay. And she came and she's a Penn State grad. Correct. Or fan yep. at least. Yep. Okay. And she brought this log that we then tried to hit nails into to play stump with a hammer. Always good when you're drunk. Of course. But yes, I remember like, I don't remember what the joke was, but I remember I made an awful Penn State joke. <laughs> About, about make Jerry your own Sandusky. make your own inferences on right that. yeah mm-hmm. and she and she like took it in stride it was just like all right yeah we're pens i got it you know and then i afterwards felt like horrible about that but anyway i yeah that i do remember but i remember like i also brought a grill i set it up um and my buddy adam came with us and i set the grill up a bunch of people gave me stuff to drink I sat down in a chair for a few minutes. Next thing I know, Adam's bringing me a burger. And I'm like, where'd you get this? And he's like, I've been cooking the burgers for the last half hour. There's like a line of people eating the burgers you brought. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even. <laughs> so I definitely had a half an hour or so where I I was pretty far gone. Uh-huh. So, a little brown yeah. out there happens. Yeah. yeah, it does. But anyway, yeah, that was a good day. I will add uh, a day that I had that was a lot of fun that this was in 2010 at the World Cup. I was not at the World Cup, but the USA-England game, which ended up being, of course, a 1-1 tie. I'm sure most you know, U.S. soccer fans are very well aware of yeah, that. Yeah, the Robert but, Green game. Yeah, that was the goalkeeper for England, Robert Green, who let a trickling shot by Clint Dempsey just matriculate into the net, and that tied the game up 1-1 after Steven Gerrard, whoever that guy is. Mm-hmm. He ended up scoring a goal like four minutes into that game. But I remember it because it it was weird because at the time um, I did not I did not yet work at the radio station. I was very aware of where the fan was located in the brewery district, and I knew they were in this building that was right across the street or across a courtyard yeah. from a soccer bar I like to go to called Clotta, which of course has since closed. If you're familiar with that area of town you'd know that's gone right next to the drunken king there on front street yeah it it well it used to be that clotta was one of the three or four soccer bars in the mid 2000s like you know 2003 to 2010 that era that was the place that was one of like three or four places where you could go at 7 a.m and there would be tvs on and beer flowing and you could watch english soccer games 
And yeah, so, which were not as as a you know I'm not going to say accommodating, but they weren't as available as they are now. You know, no, they were not as available. Yeah. And also, is if you wanted to go watch them with people, it was definitely not that. You know, there was Fox Soccer Channel back in the day, which was like a extra tier you had to buy. Mm-hmm. So the bar had to have that, and then they had to be willing to open and staff the place at seven. Anyway, that was one of the places that did it. They had a manager there who was really a big soccer crew fan and got the crew fan vibe and, and understood why people wanted to come and watch English soccer. And yeah, just, just a really, you know, great place to go watch soccer. And then that all fell apart, uh, partially because of this game, because they had among other things that, so they had a big tailgate outside, uh, on the courtyard where, where this was. And I remember thinking like, man, I wonder someday I, the, the fans right there, it'd be cool to work there someday. And then a year later I was working at the fan, which was bizarre, but dreams do come true bone. Yeah, well, nightmares too. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Especially nightmares. Let's be honest. I just had my seven-year work anniversary, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, boy, this is is quite the wild ride here. (laughs) It it is indeed. It is a wild ride. Uh, So that game, though, England-U.S., we we had the big screen up. They actually had, you know, Mickey's uh, malt liquor? Yeah. So they actually had a beer truck that had that on tap and that was like a sponsor of the thing. So we were just pulling that tap and drinking that out of, you know, like these souvenir cups. I mean, it was just a, it was a blast. I had an absolute riot at that watch party, but that watch party happened to be, my buddy had planned his wedding, not knowing of course that this is, he knew where the world cup was going on, but he was like, well, hopefully the U S won't have a game. Turned out they had the game against England, Mm -hmm. which no one could have predicted. It's coming home. uh, my friends Kevin and Lindy, they got married uh, in German Village, like a few blocks away at a giant church in German Village, right down the road from where this was. So we went to the, they, they, I believe they may have moved their wedding up once they found out what time the game was. Good for like, them. Like they wanted to be uh, like a part of this thing. So anyway, went to the wedding. As soon as the wedding was over, I got changed and ran over there so I could go hang out and met some friends. Well, as the game progressed into the second half, we look over and there's an entire wedding party <laughs> grooms, you know, Kevin, Lindy and all the groomsmen and bridesmaids all showed up still in their outfits and they just hung out with all the soccer fans. I remember it being kind of damp and wet, too. So they risked all that to go watch the uh, USA England game, which ended up being a nice draw. Timmy Howard, I remember standing on his head in that game. As he, he did a lot. He did that a lot in the world. Pretty much Cup. every tournament. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like every time that the World Cup happened. So anyway. Yeah, you, you've heard me talk about Save the Crew and how much that meant. You've heard me talk about the 08, uh, you know, crew team, how much they meant to me. But this that was another memory that I, I definitely had. And, of course, all the Dos Aceros that were at Crew Stadium were just a blast. But, all right, Beamer. Yeah, so I was going to say, too, uh, didn't you have an experience? You you uh, you took and you went and took your girls to see a women's national team game oh, as yeah, well, right? Yeah, we did. I took the girls. And I know that to- was exciting for you for entirely different reasons. Yeah, it was. It was it was really something to be able to take my kids because they this has been I I never understood representation and this is just because I'm a dumb you know, cis white male with yeah, no me life too. experience. Me too. With but him. like, you know, to me, it's like, well, why wouldn't they just watch the NBA? Why wouldn't they just care to watch Major League Baseball? I mean, it's just sports, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you like it, you like it, right? And I never understood until uh, we were watching NASCAR and my oldest daughter, Viv, when she was like four or five, was just like, Daddy, are there any girls in this on this race? And I'm like, oh, yeah. 
Uh, and I, I can't remember if at the time she asked. I'm pretty sure Danica Patrick was racing. But it was nice when, when I was able to figure out that Danica Patrick was in NASCAR. I was like, oh, there is this girl. And so she would. that's all she knew. She'd walk in and be like, is the girl? How's she doing? Yeah. You know? And I would find her and say, like, oh, here she is. And then, you know, same thing with soccer, where just taking them to a women's national team game, they were they they've always enjoyed the crew. They were big Zach Steffen fans when he was here. Who isn't? Right. I mean, so, you know, that 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 is not something necessarily that you have to have, but for them to get to see the women's national team and to know like, hey, they're better than the men when it comes to like how they perform in their, you know, tournaments, they're obviously leagues better than how they're the not men are better done. than the men. They just stomp on the men. <laughs> It's not even close. Yeah. And so to get to take them to see the elite team in the world, Mm -hmm. and that was when they played Sweden in the, uh, I want to say that was in the She Believes Cup. I could be wrong. Anyway, it might have been a friendly. Either way, the kids loved it. It was cold, but we stayed for the whole game and they enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's, that was one of the main reasons Save the Crew was so important to me is because I just want to have this for the kids, you know, and, you know, I want to be able to take them to games and hopefully when they're kids, you know, whenever they have down the road if they have kids whatever like you know we're all old and retired it'll be nice to go to games with them still and see like the legacy of soccer that's kind of been here in columbus so yeah hopefully if you enjoy the legacy of soccer here in columbus be it as premier league fans or obviously of crew fans u.s soccer hopefully you've enjoyed some of this podcast that we've done and that's kind of the goal that we've had yeah as we've done it yeah so. for sure man it's uh it's been very fun doing the show with you i mean i know that we always get a bit of a shtick uh you know, like, oh, yeah, there's Brandon and Bone again talking soccer. You know, like, we're those guys around the radio station. But for us to be able to do this platform, it's something that I enjoy every week. It's just so different than what we we usually get to do, like, when it actually comes to the on-air stuff. So I get to – I enjoy the hell out of it uh, every single time we do it. I think my favorite – do you have a favorite memory from doing the podcast? Because I do. Um, well, so, what is yours? I think it might be the same one as mine. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it is. So we had Tim Bespachenko on the show. Um, you know, oh, yeah, and, and you did. know, you know me. Uh, he came into the radio station, and that was great. And I was so nervous going into that because I'm like, I don't really know a whole lot about MLS, and it was always a thing with us, like Tam and Gam, right? I'm like, I don't <laughs> Tam and Gam. I don't understand how targeted any, targeted allocation money and general allocation yeah, money for those not aware of those right. Terms. I'm like, I don't I don't understand how this works. And so we had Presbez in here, and I'm like, I'm going to ask him about Tam and Gam. It's something I don't understand. I don't know if crew fans understand it or have the concept, but this guy literally is like the expert on Tam and on Gam. And so when we had Tim Bezbachenko on the show in the same building as me, literally looking me in the eye and explaining Tam and Gam, and I'm pretty sure at some point my eyes went crossed. I had no idea what he was talking about, but I'm like, this is one of the smartest guys in MLS explaining this to me down to an exact science, and I still don't understand it. The fact that I sat there and asked that question where he's like, what in the world is this guy even doing? I mean, does he even pay attention to our team? Like, it was probably the most fun moment I've ever had doing this show. I was so nervous going into that interview, and I'm like, oh, I'll just ask him questions that I don't know, and hopefully he'll be able to explain that. So that, yeah. to me, uh, was one of the fun, the f- more fun moments that we've ever had. Matt Lampson, we got to talk to him. I, that might be your favorite moment. Uh, but just having an outlet to do this every week, man, um, it's it's great, and I've, I've loved every second of it. I remember asking Tim Bezpachenko specifically, like, is there actual money that goes from one account to another yeah. in the TAM? Or is that just like uh, you now have the ability to spend money? And he was like, no, no, no. 
there's there's bags of cash. Yeah. Like in my mind, it's like there's like, yeah, Kappa, take my cat. Like mm-hmm. there's an old some guy's like, chewing on a cigar. There's an old gangster that's just guarding piles of Tam and Gam mm-hmm. somewhere in MLS headquarters. And he's like, this one goes to FC Cincinnati. Man, they trade away the whole draft. <laughs> see, man. Like, <laughs> by the way, FC Cincinnati. Did you? I don't know if you've been paying attention. Yeah. Poo. They're they're likely to be the last place team in the league again for the third straight year. That has never happened. Like ever? no no team has ever done it and they've managed to do that in the only 3 years they've existed in Good the for league. them. So, That's a, quite the accomplishment. Got to say FC Cincinnati you guys are off to a flying start. So uh Good yeah. job. Good job by all there. As as uh, Uncle Bo likes to say, good job out of you. Good job out of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Cincinnati will get eventually a US World Cup qualifier, right? They're going to get the Mexico game. That's coming up, I believe, in November. But prior to that, we have three games on the docket this coming week. Three games in seven days, mm-hmm. starting with on Soccer Podcast Day, Thursday, October 7th, when we're recording this. Tonight, USA Jamaica in another one of my favorite soccer cities, Austin. Mm. So, <laughs> hey, man, it's all good. Not, I, I'm, go- I'm happy for... The regular Austin people who just want to watch soccer and really didn't know about the whole Save the Crew thing. But for the like douche bros who at tweeted everyone who wanted to like keep the crew here, you guys can all go to hell. And I hope I hope you don't get tickets. I hope you did not get tickets to this. But for everybody else, I hope you enjoy this game. And oh, USA Jamaica. Let's let's talk about this game. Quickly. One point only from Jamaica, correct? Right now? Jamaica's yes. They they are the bottom of the of the is not the hex, the octagon, whatever. Yeah, the, the ox. You know, the ox. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not the octagon. Whatever. They are They are the octagonal? last place team out octagonal? of it. O- octagonal, yes, that's right. They're the last place team. So uh, you cannot let Jamaica beat you in this game. That's got to be three points for the U.S. No question about that. Um, going to Panama on Sunday is a little bit of a tougher assignment just because it's on the road. It's CONCACAF. It gets weird. You could get concacaf You could get concacaf uh, Costa Rica is the game next Wednesday at the LDC, which we will not be doing a podcast prior. So next week we'll recap kind of where the U S national team went with all this. But, um, I'll tell you, man, it's a, it's a stretch that I expect them to get a minimum, like five points out of, sure. and I could easily see that bump into seven, depending on Costa Rica has not been nearly as good as advertised. I, I don't think that'll last, but you should not lose to Costa Rica at home. You should not lose to Jamaica at home. You should win both those games. And if you get a tie out of Panama, that's seven points. So that's what I want to see from this team. Yeah, no doubt. I'm with you as well. So to catch you up on uh, U.S. men's national team qualifying standings right now, Mexico in first seven points. They're tied with Canada on five points. Panama, like you mentioned, uh, as well with five. And then there's a major drop-off. Costa Rica, like you mentioned, who you'll take on next week uh, here in Columbus with two. Jamaica, who you got tonight at one. Uh, expecting from this team, I don't know, man. I go in expecting nine points. Like, is that is that All too much? Yeah, yeah, is that is that too much to ask? I mean, no, I know it, I, se- it, it seems like what. Uh, two months ago or whenever they were doing this cup qualifying that we were all getting ready to fire Greg Berhalter. And then all of a sudden they have an unbelievable second half performance uh, with four goals in that one. But no, I'm, um, I'm anxious to watch. 
I am excited that you get back on home soil. You're going to be good. It should be a confidence builder game in Jamaica, and then you get the two tougher ones with the road game sandwiched in between. Uh, would be thrilled with six points heading into into next week's game here in Columbus. Absolutely yeah. thrilled with it. I, there's no reason why this team can't get nine. They're starting to find their confidence. I think they're starting to understand Greg's system uh, that he's implementing. They have played in it. There's no more excuses for this team at all, so I'm expecting nine. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, Greg has already said Weston McKinney, I believe it's going to start uh, just kind of bringing him back into the said he has to saying, mature a little bit. Yeah, too. he has to mature, but yeah. also, you know, that 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 issue they've had in previous times with him just being a knucklehead. They're, they're moving on from that, giving him another chance here. So don't screw it up because he is obviously one of the most talented players. But uh, good to see that Eunice Musa is back in. Yeah. Uh, you know, Valencia player who good player. Uh, yeah. Really good player that we were all excited when he signed up. Uh, another guy. And of course. Ricardo Pepe, the legend. Mm-hmm. Now, you're playing in Texas. He plays for FC Dallas. I'm not saying you have to always think about this. You have to put the best matchups out there, but he's got, I mean, I, I and after he, the way he finished off, you know, the last round of qualifying, of like he's got to play tonight, I would think, I hope. Um, so if you're listening to this after the Jamaica game, you can laugh if I'm wrong on that, but yeah, he, he's been a revelation. I hope that continues. Tim Wea is back and healthy, so that's good. So they're, they're getting healthier. And, of course, Jossie's healthy, too, so that's exciting. But I'm I'm telling you right now, like, I want to see Ricardo Pepe out there in Texas. And if Jossie better get a chance to play at LDC. I'd love to see him start next week, wouldn't you? I'd love it, man. I would absolutely love it. And, and I'm not saying maybe... I'm not saying he's even necessarily the most talented player that could start, but the system just works. Greg's system works better when you've got someone up top who plays like Jossie does. He also knows the under- system. He, he knows it better he than knows, anyone he knows there. The system right. Knows it better than anyone there. I'm I'm not saying he's the most talented guy, but sometimes the most talented guy isn't the best guy for the system. And I think and, I, and by the way, Jossie is immensely talented and great and I love him. I'm just I'm pointing out that if some U.S. national team fan who just watches the national team and doesn't pay attention to any of this stuff is like, well, technically, you know, I, I get it. Like, there's there's other guys who are more skilled probably, but give me Jossie Zardes at the top of this formation as often as you can, and especially against Costa Rica. I think I think at home you've got to protect home turf. You've got to win that game. You've got to win the one tonight against Jamaica. There's no question. Those two are must-win games, not from a standing standpoint that you're going to fall out and not make the World Cup, but – what are we doing if you don't defend home turf, right? I mean, that was that was some of the frustration that we saw in the last round was where you're just getting ties at home. That's that's that shouldn't fly. You don't so. want to come down to the wire again. Like, no thanks. Pass. Hard no. pass. Hard exactly. pass on that. I out. I opt out of of <laughs> coming down to the wire. I'd yes. love to see this team have a cup bid solidified as you go into the last round of qualifying. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. three games to go. You're feeling good about yourself. We don't need another tricky night in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Totally agreed. And thankfully, we're not going to Trinidad, right. so that also makes it Thankfully, good. they didn't qualify for the Ox. The yeah. Ox. The Ox. That's what we're calling it now. The Ox. It's Paul Bunyan's Ox. <laughs> Did he, he had an axe, but didn't he also have like yeah, babe. a big babe, ox? The, babe, babe the blue yes. ox. Babe the big blue ox. Yes. That's right. Well, that's, what, that's what this is now. This is the Ox. All right. We'll take a break when we come back. Some problems for PSG and Barcelona almost didn't exist. We'll talk about that and more coming up next right here on Bowdoin Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So there's uh, quite a bit to talk about in the world of European soccer. Where do we want to go first? How about uh, Paris Saint-Germain? They suffered... What did we call them last week? 
I forget. Like, I don't know, the, the most amazing team in the world? No, because... we, we butchered their name. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember exactly what I don't remember what, what, it was. I, what but it was, I call... it was stupid. It was yeah, very it stupid. Was, it was very stupid. Well, who, you know what? Go back and listen to last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. See what exactly. we called them. Something, something that was stupid. We messed it up entirely. Anyway, PSG Paris Saint-Germain. They uh, did have a shocking 2 nothing loss to Rene in Ligue Légion. <laughs> our favorite league to say. Yeah, Le speaking Jean. of uh, Légion, it got dropped from the top five leagues, according to FIFA. So there Yikes. you go. Yikes. Yeah, no good. I don't I don't put any stock and power index into like, leagues know, or you know, anything. That's because, I know you do, but. That's because Don Garber's MLS got bumped right up there, I'm sure. I'm sure now MLS the fifth best league? Third no? best. Oh. Premier League, oh, Bundesliga, okay. MLS. Yes, yeah. that's right. I yeah. See ya, Italy and Spain. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you later. No. Yeah. Uh, I doubt that. Anyway, uh, so that's that's not great. They did just have the big win over Manchester City in Champions League, so it's not like they're washed or anything. But how do you explain a team with Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi not scoring a goal in league play in, in one game? I mean, I just – even if those three guys don't get on the score sheet, you would just think the amount of – defending you have to do to stop that trio should allow someone to get through that's that's incredible that that didn't happen and that i mean they didn't just lose they lost by two goals yeah so it's really been fascinating if you've been kind of keeping up with the psg saga that's been going on so you bring in Messi, okay that's great fantastic we're gonna have neymar we're gonna have mbappe we're gonna have Messi. they're gonna be great so reports actually came out this week that killian mbappe did indeed uh ask for the transfer over the summer like okay yes, right uh sure that sounds good killian uh why don't you just leave us and he was like well what i wanted to do really uh was actually leave the club in a good financial spot because it's the last year of his contract and he could leave in a free transfer this summer, which is something to watch. Apparently, they're working on a new deal for him, whatever. But when you have a guy like Kylian Mbappe, who is one of the best players in the world on his day, and I saw something this past week where a year ago today he scored four goals in like 40 minutes, and of course we know that he can possess that. We saw him at the World Cup in full display. He is just unguardable. But when it gets to this, like you've had so much chemistry with Neymar in his time there, right? Like you become this strike partnership. Now, when you add another guy by the name of Lionel Messi, into that, there becomes this inherent pressure of how do we get Lionel Messi the ball, right? How are we going to get him the ball? How's he going to supply? He doesn't know the way that I play. I don't know the way that he plays. It's all about figuring it out on the fly, and it's something where they looked great against Manchester City last week in the Champions League. You're like, boy, this team can consistently do that. They're going to run away with their league, probably win the League Cup and have a great shot to win Champions League. So I'm not panicking just yet on PSG, but when all this stuff comes out, you have to f- kind of figure out what's going on behind the scenes. And Bappe saying he wanted to leave this summer, again, working on a new contract. Like, there's other things that are going on off the field for PSG that they kind of have to get corrected. But the fact now that Neymar uh, doesn't only have to supply Killian Mbappe the ball, but he also has to get messy, it's weighing on him a ton because he hasn't registered a shot in a couple of games. Like, well, yeah, he's so the French media has been very critical of him. Uh, they point out that he's only scored two uh, scored on two of his last forty one shots mm. on goal, not shots total, shots on goal. Sure. That's a pretty terrible conversion rate so especially when you're dubbed one of the best players in the world which yeah he is. i mean that's not terrible if you're like just a random dude in a random league across the world but you're one of you're considered one of the most uh, explosive players in all of world soccer yeah uh and so like keep or le keep i'm not exactly sure how to say i'm not i don't, i've never taken l French, apostrophe eqi 
P.E., I believe. Right? They said, yes, they said that uh, Neymar, quote, is this autumn far from the player he was with Barcelona five or six years ago or even with PSG during the summer of 2020? So, yeah, definitely the pressure is feeling uh, the pressure is there. He's probably feeling it. But it's just you again, PSG should be one of the best teams in the league or in the world when you consider the amount of firepower they have. The, it's they, not just they, those three guys either. I mean, well, no, you got Angel Di Maria just hanging around too. It's like, oh yeah, he's yeah. he's Genie one awesome. seems like a pretty good player too. You <laughs> right. know, just, oh, and and who's running? Who's running the sidelines? Oh, just Ponch, Mauricio yeah. Pochettino. Just yeah, you know, as you do, Marco Verratti, no big deal. Like you know what I mean? You've like got it's not just players, those three that are best having players, problems. Best coach, all the money you want, and and so yes, that's why there's going to be pressure. By the way, I don't think this means like PSG's not going to win France, doesn't anything like that. It's just you can, you know, when you have a, a team underperform like this, it's definitely going to make the news, and it has. So we'll keep an eye on that for Champions League. I think as long as they can put the performance in like they did against Manchester City more often in Champions League, the, the league stuff will come around. They've, they're have they more than talented enough to win that league, even if they're not playing the best soccer they oh, can. Of course. It's whether or not they can convert all that talent into champions league bliss and, and we know no- we know realistically what do they play these league games for hey they gear up for champions league of that's course. what they're aiming yeah. for right yeah. i mean we saw well, last you- year they they peed down their leg and didn't even win their own league like this is what their focus is on they have to do your job week in week out in the league to be able to do this and that's why i think all these questions are starting to arise it's not fair necessarily that we do this because you know sports are not fantasy sports but you cannot have a team that has Kylian Mbappe, Neymar, and Lionel Messi on it and not make a Champions League final, right? I mean, like, in, in everyone's head, that's how that should go. We know in reality, like we just said earlier, where with Jossie's artists, like, sometimes you have to have the right player in the right system, and mm-hmm. it doesn't always mean just you get the best player in the world. It's does this guy fit what this coach wants to do? Sure. But it's just going to be hard for a lot of fans, I would think, certainly in Paris, but all around the world, too, who root for PSG or who just watch and observe, it's going to be hard to fathom them not making it to the finals of the Champions League. So that is the goal. That is, It will be an immense disappointment if that doesn't happen. And then, of course, once you're there, you want to win it. But I'm just saying, like that's. I think that's the goal for this team, lofty as it is. So that's why when they lose a league game 2 to nothing just out of nowhere, it comes as quite a bit of a shock. So we'll see if that's a trend or a one-off, but... Keep an eye on it for sure. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of trends, one ended recently, a big streak, a world record unbeaten run for Italy. Spain took them down 2-1 to one, uh, in the Nations League, which ended the longest streak of international uh, in international soccer uh, where a team had gone undefeated. So uh, pretty remarkable there for, for Italy. It was 38 matches that they had gone without suffering a loss. Now they have. So... There you go. Yeah, watched a good amount of this game, actually. And uh, Bonucci went out with the red card uh, this past week. And all of a sudden, Italy's chasing the game with 10 men. They were already down at that point. uh, Or no, they weren't. They were down 1-0 at that point. Bonucci gets the red card. uh, And then all of a sudden, Ferran Torres, who is proving to be quite the player for Spain, uh, jumps in the mix. He gets his second goal of the game. You're down 2-0. You could tell Italy was gassed by the time that they got to the middle of the second half. I mean, what do you want to do? Giorgio Chiellini is playing so damn hard. Uh, I contend this, though. Over the next 
eight years, Spain to be look look to be building just another dynamic powerhouse. Like I think oh, yeah. we could really be in for another decade of dominance from them. They've gone out with the old guard. It is time for the new guard to run in. Gavi is the new kid's name there. Uh, we already know Pedri from this past year in the uh, Euros bone has been tremendous. Olyathabal there on the wing play, just disgusting athlete. Danny Olmo, like all these guys now are starting to play for the Spanish national team. And a couple of years ago, it's like, oh my God, what's wrong with Spain? You know, it's like, well, they were in a weird period from their old guys who have played a thousand matches together to these new guys. Now the young guys are starting to step up. They clip up Italy. Okay, Italy still be fine. They're kind of having a generational gap as well. But yeah, congrats to them. They win a game that ultimately means nothing. No, I know it, it doesn't, but it it is technically an international game that Italy lost. Spain ended it. And I, you know what? I bet it matters to those guys. Of course that, it does. It matters to their fans, too. I'm, I'm sure for like those young Spanish players, too, to be able to say, well, someone had to stop the streak. We did that. We got it done. Whatever the circumstances, obviously, yeah, it was a, a bonehead elbow from Bonucci that got him sent off and clear as day it's a red card every time so yeah but a great great start there for spain obviously to continue on not start but to continue on that path Mm -hmm. for italy yeah they got some revenge from the uh, euros this past summer because italy beat them in a shootout of course yeah though those were man it's it's crazy that the euros were just a few months away but i don't know why that feels like that was a million years it does it really does um yeah so anyway but good stuff there from spain uh and finally speaking of spain well, the last story we'll do today, Barcelona, man. Yeah. This You brought this to my attention. I had not seen this, but um, their chief executive, Ferran Reveter, I'm not sure if sure. I'm saying it correctly, Sounds but good. whatever. Anyway, he said the club would have been dissolved in April if it was a public limited company mm-hmm. or a PLC because it was taken to the brink of bankruptcy. And he basically said... Um, Joseph Maria Bartomeu, who is a criminal, was, he's a criminal. Yes, he, well, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, absolute dirtbag in that regard. But yeah, like basically that it was run so poorly that almost any other business in Spain would have just been dissolved and said, no, this <laughs> this is not a real business. We can't have you doing this. Please hit reset and start over. I mean, it's disgusting when you actually look at what's in this article. So he said this, uh, Raviter said, when we came in this March, we found a club that was technically bankrupt. If it was a PLC, the club would have been dissolved. There was no cash flow, and we had difficulty of paying salaries. Debt and future liabilities amounted to 1.35 billion euros, and there was an urgent need for refinancing. He said it had been difficult to carry out the due diligence because the previous board had deleted emails every 90 days and used personal computers at time making it hard to track everything it's like the people at barcelona who were committing these crimes knew exactly what they were doing setting up the club for a disastrous campaign that they're having in spain a disastrous start to the champions league financial instability and now you wonder hmm why did we have to do x y and z well it was there all along it's again we talk about this if you're a barcelona fan i'm sorry i'm not personally it's disgusting to see what has happened in that club yeah right i mean i think that's that's always the rub with these types. This is a ridiculous scandal that we've never seen. But even just in regular, you know, non, non-worldwide non club scandal where people are going to jail over this, just just even when you have, like, a bad team that's just poorly run, you know, and they'd be like, I'll, say, I'll even say, as much as we give a lot of crap to the FC Cincinnati fans, right? And, and that's a rivalry thing and all that. But honestly, the, the fans there, that's not their fault that the Linder family just hired dopes to run everything 
to launch this team, right? So I can poke fun at it and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, there are like actual fans of FC Cincinnati who live in Kentucky because no one, none of them live in Ohio, but they are. <laughs> but all those fans in Kentucky, no, they they genuinely though care about this product. They genuinely want this thing to be better, and it's not their fault that some idiots run their team. Now, ho- hopefully. I don't think there's anything criminal going on in FC Cincinnati. I wouldn't expect that. It's just a poorly run team. So I can't imagine what it feels like to be a Barcelona fan. And you're like, yeah, not only is our team poorly run, not only is this year going to suck and maybe the next few years will suck too, but we we had a we almost had the club dissolved. And we're a laughing stock of the world. This is the this. biggest institution in world soccer, by the way. If not the I'm, biggest, yeah, one of the biggest. Well, I mean, it's one of the it's there's three or four. Yeah. Right. Your correct. club is Manchester United is yep. one of them. I mean, these are these are the clubs. that Real Madrid, Barcelona. Mind. Those are the three. Yeah. I mean, it's it's as big as it gets. And yet they they almost ended up if it's literally the definition of too big to fail. That's the only reason. And they, they were did close not. to it. The, and, right. I'm just saying any other it, you, it may, it's made clear in this article. Any other normal business under normal circumstances, under normal anything, would have said no, Valencia sorry. gone, dead. Yeah, yeah. Most Villarreal clubs. gone, dead. Osasuna Most... gone, dead. Atafe gone, dead. Barcelona still somehow alive. And so then, on top of all that, now whenever you do get good again, every other fan base is going to say to you like, "Oh yeah, the only reason you're still around is because you guys got protected when you your your club was so poorly run it should have failed." That's just a weird. Ah, what a horrible thing. Yeah, Barcelona, that's like I've always wanted to go to Barcelona. I've always wanted to see the stadium. I've yeah, always wanted to go course. watch a game there. And I still I still will. But obviously, the people who did this are not there now. But it just makes you remember with world soccer just absolutely how even at the highest levels, it can be so damn corrupt and so ridiculously mismanaged because at the end of the day, soccer's for the people. Soccer is for it's supposed to be the most it's the beautiful game because it's a simple game. Yep. It's everybody can play it. Everyone can play it. You need a ball in two ends of a field and something to kick the ball through. That's it. You don't need any other special equipment. It is supposed to be a game for everyone because it takes so little to get into it. You don't need a, you know, hockey hockey bag full of gear, right? But yet at the highest levels, it is the richest sport and it is run by these people who have no desire to actually see the beautiful game put on they have a desire to see as much money as they possibly can and they don't care how they get it and it's it's disgusting and i know that a lot of what was done was in part to keep guys like messi and and griezmann and the other, crazy you know, thing about the griezmann situation too is here's what reverter said he said yeah. they didn't consider that they could pay for that if they could pay for players antoine griezmann was signed in a rush they realized they could not pay for him and ended up needing 85 million euros in credit to do the deal it's a credit line of like, 85 million dollars euros i know a hundred million dollars i know that sometimes it will be argued that like all oh, these guys were just trying to protect barcelona they were just trying to you know have the best team and it's like right but <laughs> i want my family to have nice things right but if i just go out and buy things that we cannot afford and take out lines of credit that we don't have it'll be nice for a while but suddenly when those bills aren't getting paid all that stuff goes away. Mm-hmm. So is it really a good gesture if I just go out for Christmas and spend $30,000 on every gadget oh. and doohickey in the world? You've got like- that in your checking account. It must be nice. 
Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> not all of us are on the morning show, Beamer. So you know, not I all of us are on the afternoon show, Bone. <laughs> yeah, all I'm saying is that's not ultimately it feels good in the moment it's not actually good for the health of whatever organization you're in charge of if you just spend crazily and don't think of how you're going to pay for it so barcelona terribly managed and criminal and and by the way it's not altruistic with those guys you're not doing this at barcelona and going oh i just really want the fans to have a nice time of course it's not. you want yes. you want to be seen as the best and you're hoping your dumb decisions from the past that look like they made you a lot of money that it's it's almost like a Ponzi scheme. It's like if I just keep going with this, maybe I'll eventually hit on something that will bail all of this out. Maybe I'll finally have a year where it all goes back into the black and I can pay for all the red and get out of debt. Mm-hmm. It didn't work and Barcelona now is in a world of hurt because of it. That so. is finances one oh one from Bone and Beam United on episode <laughs> one hundred. We're your financial advice podcast. Uh and by financial advice I mean please do the opposite of whatever we're saying. Please don't take any of our advice. <laughs> Except for the advice of taking out a thirty thousand dollar loan. Well yeah, for don't, do, yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't don't do that. Unless you can't afford it. Then go ahead. Uh, or or Spend you know freely. what? Hey, I hear those carbos, not as expensive as the actual car. <laughs> so just go get one of those and like <laughs> with like your your Honda Civic is just out there, and it's like, here you go, honey. I got you a red bow. I was expecting a Lexus. Thanks for the uh, <laughs> 2001 Toyota Camry. That's hey, all we could afford. Same company. Just dead. I wish I still had my 1998 Buick Regal. It was the best car I've ever driven in my entire life. Buick Regals were good. I had a we had a Buick Regal in our family back. I think it was probably a similar year. Probably it had some leather in there, had some power. It was it was all right. Not too bad. Yep. And then everything went kaput. And <laughs> its final resting place was down in the German village, and I just never received it. Mm, I'm sorry. Well, if you found that car and you've rehabbed it, congratulations for you're driving you. a piece of history. <laughs> Enjoy. Beamer, uh, it's been it's been fun. I'm glad we did the 100 episodes. We'll, we'll hopefully do 100 more, but uh, this episode has been a lot of fun. So thanks for all your hard work in this. And uh, thanks, thanks for your listeners. terrible, you know, not hard work. Bone. I <laughs> no hard work at all. I, appreciate, I, do none. I appreciate you. I do none. Uh, but yes, Beamer makes this all Bo- go. No, 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 no. Come no, on, stop. We're no, just, no. Shut up. You shut up. Do We're the having fun. It's fine. Every stop. week, I don't do anything. Shut up. No, shut up. You, you do a three-hour radio show before we do this. Yeah, so and people, you do a three-hour radio show no, afterwards. Whatever. Who cares? It's all the same work. Okay. Anyway, all right, whatever. God, you want to have sex now? What are we doing? Yeah, let's smoke a cigarette together. <laughs> all right. Lady in the Tramp style, both ends. I hope, Maybe one I of hope. those cross joints from uh, Pineapple Express. Oh, they. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. All right, well, hopefully to 100 more. Uh, thank you all for listening to this, and uh, we will see you next time. We're hopefully with Talks More U.S. Soccer and hopefully some big victories. Till then, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.